I was looking up the uh, reference to the scripture song there, First Samuel, First Samuel twelve twenty four. Uh, I'll read some of the verses uh, preceding that. Now, therefore, stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call unto the Lord, and he shall send thunder and rain, that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great which ye have done in the sight of the Lord in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have not added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, ye have done all this wickedness. Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. But if ye shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. So there's the context behind, behind that. I thought that was kind of interesting. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to uh, teach this morning. I pray that it be your Holy Spirit that does the teaching, that uh, God himself, through the Holy Spirit, would teach us things today that we need to know, <clears throat> that would be able to speak into each heart individually that I cannot do, and that uh, this that your word would be magnified and uh, that the Lord Jesus would be lifted up today in the teaching of your word. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, obviously, I'm here teaching and not Mike. Mike Reeder and Debbie and Grace, they're all up in Columbus. She has her uh, graduation up there today, so they're going to be up there. And then we're missing a lot of people, a lot of sickness going on, which you're all familiar with that. It seems like every family here has had something going on and then going on again, stopping and then going on again, kind of crazy, taking a lot of patience to, uh, uh, to work through all those things. So anyway, I'm glad that people do have, you know, respect uh, not to bring their kids in knowingly sick and, uh, and try to, and, and, and just being able to be respectful of that, which that's a key word that's going to be today, respect and respectful, but that'll be in the second message. Today, uh, I'm going to actually kind of go back into what I've been preaching on, on the home, because I find myself, as I do this, I have somewhat limited time. Um, you know, through the week, I'll meditate on some things and, and uh, have an idea where I want to go and just talk to the Lord all through the week about it, but then sit down and uh, you just never get everything you want to get. And so, you know, I find myself going back and doing some review, and, and if you notice, insert some things that maybe about previous messages that, that weren't in there at that time, but uh, apply. 
And so I felt today compelled to go over a certain area of that. Um, today in the message, kind of the prelude or backing up, uh, looking at some of the things we were, we've been taught about the home. And so if you, uh, so I'll have some verses. I'm going to have you interact today. I'm going to really need that. I think it'll be beneficial to us all to, to have some recall on some things, but it'll take me a little while to, to get to the main subject. But one of the verses I thought about as I was preparing today and yesterday, the verse Proverbs 24.3 says, Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. And verse 4 says, And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Now I've learned to look at that verse not only just forward, but we're going to look at it backward. And it'll make a little bit of sense as you're talking about uh, building your home, building your house. You know, it's really actually really good to look at this in reverse because it'll establish the forward reading of that verse. First of all, it says, uh, <clears throat> let, me, let me go backwards. There's three key ingredients here, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, okay? Um, I'm going to start with knowledge. By knowledge, knowledge is, if you think about the home, is the furnishings of the home. You might call it the vision for the house or the home of the house. Ladies are really good, really, really good at starting here. You know, and I just made up quite a few things, but uh, I want a king-size bed. I want a large bay window to put flowers on. I want a double oven. I want a spa, a dishwasher, four bedrooms. I want walk-in closet um, uh, in the master, two and a half baths, uh, and I like tile floors, you know, and I could go on and on and on. All the things, you know, you got to have that knowledge um, of all the things you want in a house. When you think about it, doesn't the whole building of a house begin with the knowledge of everything you want in it? Before you start, you need to know this before you start building it. Knowing what all the precious and pleasant things you desire to fulfill your joy as you daily live in this home. Reformat. I thought I had it done, but it didn't. And then it says, then by understanding, it is established. What does establish mean? It has to do with purpose, priority, position, and functionality. Uh, perhaps it's best to describe a house that is not established by understanding. This is a house maybe where the bathroom's placed right outside the dining room. <laughs> uh, there's houses that do that. A Cape Cod house built for an elderly couple with their bedroom, bedroom located in the upstairs. Many of us have or have had homes where we say, why did they build it that way? <laughs> or why didn't they put this here or put this there? This is a lack of understanding, the function of it. You know, Tim and Esther, as they built their house, 
needed not only had a knowledge of the things that they wanted in the house, but they needed to have a good understanding of how their house would operate and how they would work in it and maintain it on a daily basis. It's pretty smart to, to think about, you know. I mean, one of the things, especially you think about your washer and dryer, which, you know, with young children and growing family, you know, is used a lot, you know. So, you, you know, and then how are you going to work with your children and, you know, are they going to be on one floor? Are you going to be working down here? You know, how, how is this all going to work? You have to kind of go through that. And it's only when we have the knowledge and understanding that we can, by wisdom, draw the plans and build the house. So, yes, the conception of the house is really in reverse. Knowledge first, understanding second, and wisdom last. However, the actual building is by wisdom. Wisdom is the action steps to build what is necessary for the proper understanding of purpose and providing the perfect place of all what is precious to you. The last thing that gets moved in is the furniture. You know, you think about the, uh, the tabernacle. You can see that with God. He had an idea of all his furniture, where it was going to be placed, how it was going to be operated, and he gave the plans build. So before we build our life and home, you know, we need to consider what that looks like. You know, we got to spend a lot of time there. I mean, it's not an easy thing just to, to just think that you know what all this looks like. You need to spend some time thinking about it. How, what the purpose in our life is, how it will function before we can really Build. So the question is, do you want to build your life and home upon the temporal values of life? A life lived by the flesh, getting all you can while you can, loving and feeding on the pleasures of this world, creating a bucket list of things in this life you want to do or accomplish, and then seeking to fulfill them. An attitude that you only have one life to live, so live it to the fullest. A life that sets aside the thought of life's eternal purpose and responsibilities to a perfect God and his judgments. It's a life of unbelief. Or do you want to build your life on the eternal? A life lived by the Spirit of God, a life that is by faith and the love of God, seeking the pleasure of God and others, finding your direction in life by and through the narrow way by belief in the Word of God, that many times is going to come at the sacrifice of your own pleasure. Living and believing on the promises of God, loving others like Christ loved you, giving your life that others might be saved, a life lived on a belief that promises eternal life and pleasures that makes this world's sacrifice seem insignificant in comparison. Those are two different pieces of land that we talked about. But some say, I want both. And therein, I'll tell you, is the roots of religion. Because you've got to alter what God says to fit it so you can do what you want to do. You have to, tell, you have to put the words into God's mouth. And obviously, that's a bad thing. That's what the Jews did. And they developed their religion. But Galatians 5.16, the problem with it is, you know, you can't have both. You can try and act like it, 
but it doesn't work. You can make it look like that. You know, there's plenty of people who are moral and act like, you know, but they really just haven't really built their life on the Word of God. Galatians 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. So in the allegory of a home, compared to your life and the life of a family, which ground will you build on? You know, that's part of the video. I mean, you, you've got to figure that out. And you can't go halfway. Will you build your house upon the sand? You know, I think about people, you know, all the rich people, you know where they like to build their house? Nice, where it's nice and warm, right up next to the ocean, on an island, sky rises, by themselves, for themselves. When I call island, I call it I land. Right up next to where the hurricane's going to come, building right upon the sand. <laughs> or will you find land and dig deep and build upon a rock? A spiritual rock rested in the love of God. Matthew 7, 24, we know the scripture. We sing the songs. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house Upon a what? Rock. All right. And the rain descended, and the floods came down, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a? All right. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto what kind of man? A foolish man which built his house upon the? And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell and great was the fall of it. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground, it repeats, is sinking sand. You know, Christian life and home begins with the foundational walls of the unfailable Written word of God. So, okay, you found the right land. You begin building. You begin putting those foundational walls up that guard against the lies of the devil and, and who's inside of those walls we talked about that gives truth and safety, peace and love. Inside these walls as parents, grandparents, pastors, teachers, fellow Christians, we all are to exhibit a great balance of what's called nurture and admonition. A great balance of truth, and love. Now I'm going to leave a great question that we're going to look at today and that you need to answer for yourself. For all the correction you give your child, for all the severity of it, is it equally balanced with love and care? Can it be said that for every great spanking and correction, which goes on constantly with young children, is there an equally great level of tenderness, love, and affection? An imbalance toward correction, or admonition as the Bible calls it, provokes them to wrath, it says. 
it creates a harshness, a roughness, a bullying mentality. You know, it's not natural for a child to share things, is it? But there's a certain harshness about a child who has a tendency just to go up and grab things out of another child's hand. An imbalance toward love or nurture leads to a child to disregard authority in their life. They learn to be their own authority. They have a tendency toward pride and selfishness and rebellion when they don't get their way. You know, it is not natural for a child to obey, but there is a certain spirit of rebellion of those who have a tendency to keep doing what they do, though the authority is very clearly telling them to stop. Now, I don't want us to get lost, and we're going to talk about some, some things here. Um, I don't want you to get lost and get all bound up about raising children. I mean, there is certain times and ages. I mean, we talk about the two-year-old stage, you know. Well, there's all sorts of stages, and so uh, don't, don't get panicked. But I think it's good that we, we look at these things and ask ourselves some questions as we begin to raise our children. And for that matter, it, it's good for all of us to look at it every relationship, you know, of that, that balance, husbands and wives, and uh, as pastor, um, as, as in all the relationships uh, that we may be involved in. But there's no perfect balance in raising a child. But what I'm suggesting, if you see a certain tipping of the scales in a direction, it might be an indicator. It might not, but it might be an indicator of a correction that you can make to help balance that. So I started, I'm a picture kind of guy. I, I think in pictures and, you know, you can talk all you want. I said, draw something up there for me, you know, and I can, can see that better. <clears throat> so... I'm going to have you look up some verses. I'm going to look at this as a scale. Is that pretty good representative? So I'm going to draw a picture of That's a gavel, by the way. <laughs> and I'm going to draw a picture of What's that a picture of? Hey, do good. All right. So I look at this as we talked about this. We're just going to talk about it more in detail. Authoritarian. Permissive. We could also um, put the words truth over here. Or admonition. Bible talks. Uh, 
Over here we can put love and nurture. And we have a balance that How's my stick game? All right. Probably not up to yours, but it's a stick man. So we have our children that need to really be in the balance of this. But let me show you something, a picture. here and really let's take this word out here let's yeah I don't know permissive is not a bad word up here let's put the word neglect so we have sometimes parenting skills, and we see them, and I don't see anything of, of this extent here. Although we can each individually fall into this sometimes of, of just total neglect. Like children just do whatever they want to do. Um, a lot of times it happens in poorer areas. Um, and uh, you, you know, you may read about it, and children just run in the street and do whatever they want to do. And the parents maybe are into drugs and different things, and 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 they're just left to do whatever they want to do. Um, so there's that. I, if you would, well, let me, yeah, turn to Genesis chapter 34. We're going to talk about the. What I see is an example, a possible example of what I would call neglect parenting. And, you know, I always I remember early on as a Christian, you know, whether well, it's the 12 tribes of Israel. Oh, man, these are the these people are holy. They're so, these are really good guys. You know, they got to be because they're Israel. It's, it's God's chosen people. Well, when you look at these guys, uh, I would say at least 10 of them uh, weren't weren't so great um so if somebody would read genesis chapter 34 verses 30 and 31 then i'll have someone read 35 1 through 4 right behind that this is 34 30 and 31 and jacob said to uh, simeon and levi you have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me, and slay me, and I shall be destroyed. I and my house. And they said, Should he deal with our sister as with Harlan? Okay, there was a situation in the family, and these boys, hey, they were speaking right to their dad and telling the dad how, how he ought to think. Um, they did some things that brought on a lot of trouble. Um, but I want you to see some of the roots to this in 35, 1 through 4. 
And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God, that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. And Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments, and let us arise and go up to Bethel, that I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. So here we see these sons of his. I mean, they knew, I mean, this is from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and they have strange gods with them. They have earrings that they need to pull off, which is just representative of what the, the world was doing. How do they get that way? Neglect. I just think they were neglected. Maybe, I don't know. Jacob was just busy with all sorts of things. Of course, they had several moms uh, in the situation, arguing between the two. I mean, it, was, it wasn't what I would call a great household picture. Neglect. But there was, there was two in that family that you didn't see at that point really representative of that. Come on in, betting houses. Howdy. So we see parenting of neglect with Jacob with 10 of those sons anyway. And you, you can study through them and you'll see all sorts of different things. I think they were just able to do whatever they wanted to do. What were the two that you would say, at least one, because he was very, very young, um, Joseph and Benjamin. Remember in parenting, we were liking our good parenting to the character of Joseph and who else? Starts with a D. He was in a lion's den. Daniel. Example. Okay. Now, let's go to 1 Samuel 3.13 who will Read that scripture for me. First Samuel three thirteen. Okay. Eli wouldn't restrain. He knew what was going on. It wasn't that. He just in fact didn't know what all was going on. He knew exactly what was going on, but he didn't restrain him. Eli was a, per, a very heavy permissive parent. Now, 2 Kings chapter 2, 19 through 25. Who would like, whoever gets there can read that. Go ahead, Andy. And the men of the city said unto Elisha, 
Behold, I pray thee, the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord. Second Kings 2, that's it? Uh, but the water is not, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth into the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall be, shall not be from thence any more death. <coughs> so the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. And he went up from thence unto Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city, and mocked him, and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. And he turned back, and looked on them, and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood, and tear forty and two children of them, and he went from thence to Mount Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. Okay, so I see these children here who have this rebel heart, mean spirit that God had to take care of. And I see them in this area where I'm guessing that maybe there was a heavy load on everything about truth and correctness and overcorrecting. Because I see what happens is, is when we lose our balance, when there's not love and nurture, things fall into a bucket over here. When we don't have truth and admonition and it's heavy in love and nurture, you fall into a bucket over here. You'll see it in preaching styles. Everything's about love. Love, love, God's love to tell you everything you want to hear in life. And they refuse to look at the truth of the word of God. There's, there's a balance between them. So I want you to consider these things. What I see in, in these children, um, you see things of anger, tendencies of anger, harshness. Uh, roughness. Bullying. Over here on this side, when it tips the other direction, seems to be pride. Selfishness. Rebellion. seek their own pleasure. And there's, there's some combinations to these. But what I'm suggesting is if you see a lot of this in your child, focus in on bringing more of this into that. If you see this predominantly in your child, and like I said, you, you got to watch their stages. I mean, uh, you're just going to have to fight through some of those things. But if you see this as the common thing, maybe need, needs to be a little more focus in this area. What we've seen in Joseph and Daniel was a very balanced life, a very respectful of authority. 
they had what we called an excellent spirit. That's really what we want to build in our children. And it comes by high levels of both of these. Now, let me give you some things that you will see in the future of children who do who aren't corrected, you'll see, and I've seen older people, and you listen to them, and you listen to their stories, and you listen to how they are, or you read in the news, you kind of see different groups of people. You know, you have a lot of rich rulers. They, they, this, this group makes good rich rulers. Um, they like status. Some of them are cruel mockers. Prejudice, very high. Gangs fall into this category. Well, that's some serious stuff. Over on this side, you see selfish. Pleasure seekers. Liberal values. You see them today. A lot of them still living in mom and dad's basement. Acceptance of sin. You see how this kind of falls, you know? These kids never do wrong. They're always coddled along. They come out, acceptance of sin, and we see the rampant uh, things of, of that. Abortionist. Rights, people with rights, you know. Uh, I think PETA. Um, you might throw woke into this category. Those are the types of people. So do you see, see how kind of that, that, that happens is that balance? But we're, you know, we're to be balanced uh, between both of those. Now, something that I, I went to my brother Ray's it's his mother-in-law's funeral. <coughs> Ruth. Is that, is that her name? Ruth. I can't remember her last name. <coughs> but we went to the service. It was at a Lutheran church, which was quite interesting. I was kind of interested in just hearing what's going on, what they did, how they did things. And so it was kind of curious for me. I, I kind of am the guy I'd like to go to just like about all, every different church and just write down things and what they're about and what they're doing. But setting all that aside, Ruth was presented by her family and the church as somebody who really did love God. She was serious about it, and she dedicated herself to it all through her life. She was real. She was very serious about it, and her children knew it. They, she had this, what I've seen is this pretty interesting balance in her life. 
because they would all go to church and they said, you know, you don't cross grandma or else, you know, <laughs> you're going to get it. You know, she was serious. She was serious on this side. But one of the boys mentioned about said, yeah, I remember when grandma took me to the movie Fast and Furious. And he said, we got out of the movie and grandma got in the car, revved the car up and chirped the tires <laughs> going out. You know, there's some things that you could kind of see that, hey, I'm serious, but I love you. You know, we gotta, we, we got to be balanced in, in these two things. And so I just want to challenge you in that area. I asked Patty to kind of, it's, it's easier, better to talk about people who have passed on probably <laughs> um, so we don't get ourselves in trouble in some sort of way. But uh, her grandma in Tennessee on her dad's side, how would you describe her? perfectness to this you know people grow up in different atmospheres and things but she she had a balance wasn't a big thing church explain what it was when you went down there My parents, my dad was probably a lot more on this side. My mom was a lot on this side. <laughs> um, 
but you knew she loved you. And they were always behind you. They, a lot of times, I think, they struggled in this area. When you have seven kids, my dad had a business. Um, actually, I don't think my dad was really, he was good at what he did. But he wasn't real good business-like. He'd get taken advantage a lot of, a lot of times. You'd hear the stories of little old ladies who have him come over, and he was really kind and nice, and go over and fix something for them, and he'd give them the bill, and they'd never pay it. Things like that. So he had this. My mom was going crazy with all the seven kids in the house, you know, small, small area. Um, so we would go to cousin's house. Now, what would happen there is that was time for mom and dad to play or to play cards with the other mom and dad, my uh, aunts and uncles, and they'd send us kids, and we could do whatever we wanted to do. And I'll tell you what, we got into trouble. At least I did, and I know my cousins did too. When we were in the city, we'd go in the woods and make fires. <laughs> uh, we would. Uh, go up to the mall, which was in walking distance, and run up the escalators backwards. One time my cousin, he got his shin cut open, he had to have stitches, and we had to make up a story about that. When you go to their house, you jump, oh, we, well, they would. They'd try to get me to, but I was a chicken. Jump out of barn lofts and stuff into hay and things. I just wasn't into that. We'd walk out into the cow pasture, which I was like, ugh. You know, these are cows. These are big animals. You know, they're looking at me, you know. <laughs> they had no problems with it. They did tobacco and hung tobacco. And, um, and But one of the things I would do is, uh, you know, they'd get up on the barn roof. I took a rock. I was good at throwing. Next thing you know, my cousin comes down with a cut in his head, needs stitches. <laughs> you know, just because we were kind of left out there. So that was kind of, you know, my synopsis. But I had really good parents. I, I mean, they really trained me well, and I'll talk a little bit more about some of those things later. But does anybody else have any, anything that comes to their mind that they'd like to, to share about this, this subject? No, there's stuff in your mind. You're just wanting, should I say anything or not? <laughs> you could go for it. Just remember, you got a ride to work with me. <laughs> my sister Patty. <laughs> uh, very, very similar. Um, anybody else? Chickens, huh? <laughs>
a good amount. We worked a lot. I always kept it busy. But then we also had fun. Um, we had lots, lots of fun. Mm -hmm. And we stayed close and protected, but then we had families over and like cared. Mom was always doing something for somebody else. Like I think you see that. Um, this girl's like that. And he's like, yeah. So like I think you see that. I think we're still trying to figure it out too, like how your personality is with your kids. And mm -hmm. I, I do think that was a pretty good growing up. They did a good job of that. Yeah. All right. So yeah, there's there's the lesson. That's something I wanted to bring out a little more in detail that I did talk about, but uh, maybe by picture it kind of helps you kind of see, you know, the balance you're trying to maintain and some of the indicators you might see that might help you to shift the weight a little bit. Um, is there anything on this side that that you would want to add over here or on this side that we should add? These these are the aspects of of each of these. Consistency could almost kind of, you know, describe this up here, you know, it's kind of consistent in both areas, but yeah, you're kind of leaning consistency this way. We can put it up there. Mom would keep us in line and then you'd come home and we would play or work with you like you'd usually do something. Yeah, the things I remember about my dad is he'd play around. When he came home from work, I'd run to his lunchbox. Kids would see it because he'd leave the cookies from his lunch left and stuff. You know, dads kind of tend to stay on the playful side of things. What about um, just picking up your child? Need to get some more on this side there. <laughs> How about just um that is something sometimes you have to like work out your memory to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, they needed that. Almost the girls do. Yeah, just spending you know, spending time with them, playing with them, you know, it's just being special, you know, are those those kind of things. Anybody else got anything they want to add before we close? Being praise kids for whether whether they're two years old or if they're you know fifty years old, just yep. praising them along with the discipline. Let's, let's leave it at, at that. I think you got the, the idea of the teaching this morning. Father, uh, what a blessing it is to have children.
what a responsibility to raise them and uh, just trying to work out the balance in their life that they they live that we raise them to live for you and, and not just our children but other relationships we have relationships all sorts of relationships that need to have a good healthy balance and so father we just ask that uh, you speak to our hearts today through this lesson in jesus name amen <laughs>